For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. BSM presents The Tim Meisberg Show, streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Call 508-996-0500. Send us app chat messages and open line voicemails using the WBSM app. Now, The Tim Meisberg Show. Welcome back in third and final hour here on Friday morning on this first day of March. And uh, joining us now on the line, we have the South Coast Bureau reporter for the Public's Radio in Rhode Island, Ben Burke. He's going to be joining us to talk about his article that he has up regarding whether or not gentrification is really going on in New Bedford. Uh, let's bring him up here. Good morning, Ben. How are you? Good morning, Tim. I'm good. How about good. you? Doing all right. Good to speak with you again. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Well, so this article I found to be very interesting because we've we've heard that word gentrification thrown around quite a bit about New Bedford. And and first of all, let's just kind of lay it out on the table. What is gentrification in your eyes? What what would you qualify as that? Because I think it changes a little bit, you know, from community to community. Definitely. I think one thing that's going on here is people have different definitions of gentrification. To me, I, I have a really clear definition of it in my mind, and it means when rich people come to a neighborhood, they drive up the prices in the neighborhood, and the people that originally lived there get pushed out because they can't afford to stay. So that's what gentrification means to me, and so when I'm writing this article, I'm trying to investigate whether this specific trend is happening in New Bedford. And we've, we've heard it talked about now since... You know, for a long time, nobody believed South Coast Rail was actually happening. But now that we're getting closer to it, you know, actually starting up service uh, later on this year, it looks like it is going to change the landscape of the South Coast. It is going to change New Bedford. But is it really going to be bringing in people from other places who are going to cause gentrification? You know, <clears throat> the train, I think um, it brings in what you fear the most. And, and what I mean by that is... When I talk to people who are afraid of gentrification, they're worried the train is going to bring lots of commuters from Boston and yuppies and hipsters who are going to have more money to splash in New Bedford's housing market, and they're going to drive up the prices. I have a friend who's a police officer, and when I talk to him about South Coast Rail, he says he's worried about it bringing drug addicts down from Boston and all this riffraff. And, you know, between those two conversations I've been having... I've I realized, like, the tr we don't know what the train's going to bring. And so in people's minds, it, it just brings the, 
the thing they're most afraid of. See, I've always kind of gone back to the fact that, first of all, it's going to be like a 90-minute ride from Boston to New Bedford on that train. So is, does, it, does that really make sense? Is, is somebody going to get on that train and say, I'm going to go and find you know, a place to live. I've got all this money to buy a home. I'm going to pass by all these communities that are closer. Nothing against New Bedford, but all these communities that are closer to Boston where I don't have as long of a commute or that any of those drug addicts or criminals are going to say, yeah, I'm going to get off here as opposed to getting off in, say, Brockton or somewhere else. It just doesn't make sense to me that they would come all the way to the end of the line for these things when there's other opportunities along the way. It doesn't really make sense to me either. I mean, I, I can't think of anybody that's dying to get on an MBTA train for 90 minutes at best to Boston. That's on a good day, Tim. Um, and, you know, one thing to keep in mind is, you know, we're basically the last city, along with Fall River and Taunton, to get train service in eastern Massachusetts. Lawrence has had train service. Lynn has had train service. Lowell, Brockton. Worcester, you know, all, all these places have had train service for decades. And, you know, they haven't turned into the next Brooklyn. And I don't think New Bedford is either. And I, I can understand why it's frightening to people that it could happen. Um, it would be really bad if that happened. And, and it's happened in other places. So I don't think people are stupid for fearing it. But I think if you really look at what this train service is going to be and how it's already been in other communities for a long time, it doesn't really make sense that it's going to have the sort of transformational change that people are afraid of well, we are here in Bedford. We're talking with Ben Burke of the Publix Radio in Rhode Island. And it, rather than just talk about sentiment here, you actually looked at data, data that actually would would bear out whether or not this is this gentrification is actually happening. So talk to us a little bit about that process and, and the data that was used. Right. So... Um, I'm looking at a study, uh, a really thorough study of a lot of different kinds of data by Mass Inc., which is a nonpartisan think tank in Boston. They were hired by the Regeneration Committee, which is a group of business and nonprofit executives in New Bedford, um, to take a look at who's actually moving to New Bedford, who's actually buying up these houses. How much has the rent really gone up? They, they have all these straightforward questions that we all want to know the answers to. And they have the expertise and the time and the money to really, like, do the math on all the data and, like, count everybody up, you know, which is pretty exceptional. You know, not many people get to do that. And so my report really dives deep into their findings, and I interviewed the lead researcher on the report. And so if we're trying to evaluate whether or not this train is actually bringing down a ton of people who are uh, commuters from Boston or investors trying to flip properties and make a quick buck in New Bedford – you would expect to see a few things. So for one, you would probably expect to see a large number of people moving to New Bedford from Boston, right? Um, but we are not seeing that in the data. It's not like there's thousands of people or even hundreds of people arriving from Boston every year. It's a pretty small amount, and it's, uh, there's more people arriving from Cape Cod and Brockton, the study found, which is very interesting to me. Another thing you'd expect to see if the train was driving rapid gentrification is you'd see, I think, housing prices going up faster near the train stations, right? Um, if we're imagining that these are people who want to walk to the train and ride it to Boston, you know, you think maybe uh, the area by Klasky Common would become a lot more expensive than the area on Clark's Point, for instance, where uh, it would take a long time to get to the train walking. But we're really not seeing that kind of 
shading and in, in, in where housing prices are going up. They've gone up across the board in New Bedford, and they've really gone up the board everywhere in Massachusetts, even in the suburbs, uh, even in the country. You know, this is a problem that every city in the Commonwealth is basically experiencing at the same time. And so to connect it so closely to the train feels like it's it's just not the most accurate explanation for what's going on. Well, but as part of this research, there is a more accurate, more accurate explanation of what's going on. There are some factors that are contributing to the rising prices of, of properties and rentals. What, what are some of those factors? Right. So the study basically breaks this down as a simple function of supply and demand. So New Bedford, we all know it's a historic city. Most of the buildings here are pretty old. Uh, unless you get into the far north end. But even those, those those houses tend to be 20, 30 years old, 40 years old now. And so what the study's saying is basically New Bedford hasn't built a lot of housing in a really long time. You know, it's been 100 years since we built all the tenements. It's been 30 or 40 years since we built the more suburban neighborhoods. And we, we haven't had any kind of large-scale new housing. So, you know, the supply of housing is staying pretty constant. And what the report says is driving up prices is there's been a big increase in the last few years in demand. And what that means is people who want to buy houses and rent apartments. The number of those people is going up in New Bedford. And so the big question is, who are these people uh, driving up demand? You know, some people assume it's folks from Boston, but we're not seeing that in the data. What we are seeing is we're seeing a lot of younger folks in New Bedford leaving their families' homes for the first time and buying houses and getting apartments for the first time. There's really a large number of people like that because a lot of people were doubling up after the Great Recession, and the economy's a little bit better now, and people are able to get their own places. So we're seeing that as a big demographic that's driving up demand. We're also seeing a lot of working-class people coming into New Bedford who were priced out of Brockton and Cape Cod who still have jobs up there and out there, but they can't afford to live there anymore, so they're choosing New Bedford. And we're also seeing a lot of immigration from Central America. And none of these three groups of people, you know, local young people or Guatemalan and, and Salvadorians or people from Brockton and Cape Cod, like these aren't, these aren't really gentrifiers. These aren't people who are going to Starbucks on their way to yoga class and then they're going to work from home at their cushy office job. Like that's not who these people are. And yet there are so many people who need to live in New Bedford because it's one of the last affordable places in eastern Massachusetts, they're still driving up the prices because there's so few available apartments. And, and here's how I would sum up this argument that the study makes. If you're a landlord and you've got an available apartment, <clears throat> if you get 20 applications for one apartment, you're going to realize you can raise the rents at that place because there's 20 people who want to live there. And it doesn't matter if none of them are rich yuppies or hipsters from Boston. If there's 20 of them, even if they're all, you know, hard-working, salt-of-the-earth people, that landlord still has the opportunity to charge a higher price. And that's basically what the study says is happening in New Bedford right now. That's the kind of change we're experiencing. Housing prices absolutely are going up fast, and it's painful. And the study absolutely corroborates that, verifies that, validates that. But the cause of all this is, is different than what a lot of people assume. And that's the point that the study's trying to make and that I'm trying to make now. 
Well, it, what, what I found to be really the most telling was kind of the way that you, you ended the piece, uh, which is where Ben Foreman, who is the, the head of research for Mass Inc., has this, this quote where he says, I think everybody worries that New Bedford is going to be discovered one day. And I think that's, that's what's happening, too, is you've got people who are starting to realize, as you said, it is the last kind of affordable place to live in Massachusetts. And... It's a really great place to live on top of that. There's a lot of great things that would make people, if they had to choose between here and another community with similar pricing, there's a lot of reasons to want to come to New Bedford, the train just being one of them. Correct. Yeah. I love living here. It's, it's a beautiful place. I mean, how, how many places have this kind of access to the beach and you're not getting charged an arm and a leg for rent? Although, you know, maybe that's not the case anymore, but for a long time, and, you know, you could you could get a good deal on a place in a beautiful part of the state. And, and, and yeah, Ben's right. You know, people are not crazy for thinking that, you know, gentrification could happen here. The quality of life here is really good. It's been affordable for a long time. But <clears throat> I think the reality, though, is that to get uh, really large amounts of people with high-paying jobs in Boston, you, you have to be closer to Boston. I mean an hour and a half by train or by car each way, I don't think it's enough to convince a whole neighborhood worth of new people to come down here. I think we might have a question uh, from a caller for you, if you don't mind taking a call. Yeah, of course. All right, let's let's see if we can make it happen here. Good morning. You're on with Ben Burke. Hey, how you doing? I didn't know I was going to be uh, on with him. but uh, So I guess gentrification is a word that can be, it's like the color yellow. People could describe it in different ways. Um, if you ever have gone out to Westfield, Mass., which is on the other side of Springfield, in the last 15 years, uh, it's improved tremendously. And if anything, it's really just draw, it's allowed more people to come in and visit. And, and uh, Because part of gentrification is um, businesses come to the town, um, businesses that they get revamped. Um, so uh, cafes on the on the street, uh, all of a sudden you're you want to come to the town. Maybe the town uh, updates the, uh, uh, the 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 parks and things like that. But I don't see it as a negative. I guess it could be a negative if you're looking at affordability for houses. But um, that's changing anyway. And like you said, it's really changing because of uh, there's like the average. Go to any realtor, the average amount of homes on the market in Bristol County is 1,400 homes. There's 400 on the market. Uh, it's been that way for six months. So that in itself, is, like you said, is going to change the cost of living. But I don't see gentrification as a, as a negative because it actually either the town is improving or it's declining. And I think that, that, that the whole point is that you want it to improve, right? I mean, you want it to improve without hurting or pushing people out who have been here. You know, it, it's a hard thing to balance. And in, in a lot of places, it becomes impossible to balance. So, you know, while a lot of people are, would really welcome uh, a, a nice new restaurant or cafe downtown with uh, better food or better coffee or something like that, you know, there's also a lot of people here who think that's a bad thing. So it's it's a mixed bag. And that's something that you see a lot in neighborhoods that are afraid of gentrifying, like, uh, the government will be proposing like a really nice service or a nice public improvement. And people in the neighborhood, they get afraid. They don't want it because they're afraid if anything gets nicer, they're going to lose their apartment. And it creates this really messed up, like perverse situation where some people become afraid of things getting better and life improving because they're so vulnerable. They're worried they're going to lose everything if that happens. 
Yeah, I think that uh, along with improving the city, you obviously want to improve it or it's going to be in decline. One or the other is that, you you know, the, the mayor and the, 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 you know, the city has to promote uh, new, new building and find ways to make that happen along the same time, uh, along the same time, uh, at the same time. I don't think, I think you're right in the article. I don't think that, you know, the train is going to pull a lot of people from Boston because of the commute. It's a, it's a negative. The one thing that would pull people down here is cost of cost of housing and cost of living. Um, but, um, yeah, anyway, I, yeah, I, I think gentrification can be a positive if it's balanced with, um, you know, a, a more holistic approach about building homes. So, or building apartments. And, and the study is very clear in agreeing with you that this city needs to build more homes. Um, <clears throat> the study recommends basically 5,500 new homes in New Bedford alone by the end of the decade. Right. And, I mean, right. that's kind of like a whole new neighborhood in some ways. Of course, it wouldn't actually look like that because they want to see that spread out across the city. But that's the only thing that the study says is really capable of keeping prices stable in the long term. It's just giving people more options of places to live. Right. And I'll leave you with this. Is a lot, I just got back from Oklahoma City and, they, uh, and Tulsa, and they, um, they have some of those gentrification things going on. So they'll build an outdoor mall, which is a sort of a, a home, homesy sort of mall, like something you'd see down in Newport with a lot of clusters of, of um, businesses, and they build an area for that. And then around that and in that, that's where they're building apartments and condos. So... You know, condos can, you know, bring people in as well, and the gentrification happens, and the money comes in with it, which is a positive for the city, um, but it's not impacting the local, the rest of the local area. Um, it keeps housing prices down as long as there's uh, inventory going up, you know, so. Anyway, yeah, that's, certain, the that's certainly it. the... Thanks, Steve. The, <clears throat> yeah, thanks. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off, Ben. Oh, I was saying, you know, that's certainly the economic theory, which is if you, if you build a lot more housing, it's going to make the rest of the housing cheap because there's going to be, uh, you know, you're, the buyer's going to have options all of a sudden where they didn't before. And, and you know, what what I yeah. found interesting about the article and, and the research uh, shows that, you know, yes, New Bedford has had rising, you know, the, the rental prices have been rising in New Bedford faster than anywhere else, but it's because for so long it was so much behind uh, in, in a lot of other communities. It was the affordable place to live. Uh, I remember, you know, being a young person and telling my friends, well, if you're looking for a place, you're looking to move out on your own, go to New Bedford. You can go get a, you can go get yourself a really nice place for 500 bucks a month. And, and those days are gone. Yeah, you're going fast. Well, if anybody wants to check out this article, and I highly recommend reading it and uh, and getting in-depth with it, you can find it at thepublicsradio.org. That's where Ben covers the South Coast, and they have all kinds of great articles, not only about our area, but across uh, southeastern Massachusetts and uh, into Rhode Island as well, of course. And, Ben, thank you for joining us and for keeping us up to date with all your great work. Anytime, Tim. Thanks for having me on. All right. Take care. That is uh, Ben Burke. He is the South Coast Bureau Reporter for the Publics Radio in Rhode Island. That's going to do it for this first segment of the hour. I am out of time. I have to take a break. Caller, hang on. I will get to you after the news, I promise. But right now, I do have to take this quick break. We'll be back in just a few. You know what? I might even be able to get you in before the news, so hang on. All right, back to the phones. 508-996-0500. You are next on WBSM. Good morning. How are you doing? Good and you. Doing all right. Question for you. Yes. It was, um, he mentioned 5,500 homes by the end of the decade. Yes. 
So are we talking homes or apartments? Where would they be putting these in New Bedford? Where is their property or enough property to put 55 homes in New Bedford, 5,500 homes? Right, and that's that's the issue. So it is, it is dwelling. So it could be apartments. It could be single-family homes. But you're right. Where are they going to go? Where is that land? The only way New Bedford can really build is to, to build up, like what they're doing you know, downtown where they're turning some of those. And there are... You know, vacant properties or, or properties that are going to be, you know, obviously some of these school buildings as they build new schools will be uh, no longer in use. So there is opportunity to use some of those things, but you, you'll have to do a lot of like what's been, been what's being done downtown, which is building up with some of these locations. And then with the 5,500 new homes, I mean, what is going to happen with the tax rate? Because we're talking about wanting people to come to New Bedford, and, and I heard him say about you know, the cafes, the restaurants, and as we all know, people don't move to New Bedford or any town because we have a great cafe or a great restaurant. It's the school systems, it's the tax base, it's the workforce, the the uh, companies that are there that are giving us um, the chance to make a living now. So I just don't understand. I mean, right now we got, if it isn't the taxes, it's the water that is just keeps on increasing not only in New Bedford, but in other areas. But New Bedford has gone up quite a lot on their taxes. And, and, and I don't think that, you know, in Ben's piece, uh, I don't think that there's any doubt that it is becoming, you know, harder to afford to live here. I think the, the point of his piece is just to say that it's, it's not the reasons why people think it is. It's what you're talking about. It's just the nature of how things are going. It's not because the train is coming in that we are seeing these things happen. Yeah, I mean, we've been hearing about the train. I mean, yes, it, it's actually coming to fruition, but, I mean, for the last 25 years, that's all we heard about is a train. But, um, yeah, again, an hour and a half ride on a train or an hour and a half ride, I don't know if anybody's going to really be moving here to, say, uh, to go to Boston, maybe, uh, maybe some other areas closer by, whether it be in the Avon area or... or uh, Randolph area, they could actually still take the train, I'm sure. So, right. Well, listen, I appreciate it, and uh, I like listening to the show. Have a great day. Thank you for the call. You as well. Thank you. Bye. And uh, we are going to go into the newsroom and get all the headlines of the day from Phil. When we come back on the other side, more of your calls, 508-996-0500. And you can send in app chat messages on the WBSM app as well. And we can continue talking on with this, uh, talking about this uh, if you would like to do that. We'll be back, though, right now. I've got to give it over to Phil to give you all of the world and international headlines. <laughs> President Biden invites Donald Trump to work with him on the border. An attack in Gaza kills at least 100. And what Chick-fil-A wants you to throw away. From the WBSM Newsroom, this is WBSM News. President Biden is inviting former President Trump to join him in telling Congress to pass the border bill that Trump rallied his allies against earlier in February. Mark Mayfield with more. The two made visits to the southern border on Thursday as the issue of immigration heats up across both parties. During a briefing in Brownsville, Texas, Biden said that the bipartisan bill is the toughest, most efficient, most effective border security bill ever seen, saying the time to play politics with the issue is done. Biden went on to call for lawmakers to set politics aside urging House Speaker Mike Johnson to send the bill to the floor. I'm Mark Mayfield. 
At least 100 people are dead after an Israeli attack on a crowd of Palestinians waiting for aid in Gaza City. That's according to a spokesperson for Gaza Health Ministry. The Israeli military said it was reviewing what happened on Thursday, with one Israeli official saying IDF troops responded with live fire after trucks carrying humanitarian aid were surrounded by people. Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny will be laid to rest today. Funeral services will be open to the public, but some have warned that mourners who attend may face a risk. Following Navalny's death at a Russian prison weeks ago, hundreds of people were detained across the country for simply attending one of his memorials. A bill that expands Louisiana's options for methods of execution is on its way to the governor's desk. The state's legislature on Thursday passed the bill authorizing the state to administer capital punishment through lethal injections, the gas chamber, and the electric chair. Supporters say the U.S. Supreme Court has approved all three methods. Several faith leaders are calling the methods inhumane. Those who keep unused sauces from Chick-fil-A might want to throw some of their stash out. The company is telling customers to trash any Polynesian dipping sauces taken home between the 14th and the 27th of February because of allergy concerns. According to a notice on Chick-fil-A's website, a different sauce that has wheat and soy allergens might be in the Polynesian dipping cups. And it's increasingly looking unlikely that HBO Discovery's Coyote vs. Acme will ever see the light of day. The film's lead SNL alum Will Forte took to X with his thoughts on the film. He started by saying it looks like no one will ever see it. He described the movie as incredible and shared his frustrations with the studio's decision not to release it. WBSM Sports. Brought to you by Sparks Auto in Dartmouth. The Boston Bruins snapped their losing streak with a 5-4 win over the Vegas Golden Knights at TD Garden. They visit the New York Islanders tomorrow night. The Red Sox in spring training in Florida, playing the Minnesota Twins this afternoon. And the Celtics hoping to extend their winning streak to 10 games when they host the Dallas Mavericks tonight at TD Garden. Now your ABC6 South Coast forecast. Good to be with you, everybody, on this Friday morning under mostly sunny skies. It is cold. Bundle up. The temperature in the mid-20s. Wind chill values this morning in the teens. The wind, fortunately, has subsided. So it is pretty calm this afternoon. Sunny upper 30s. Overnight tonight, a little bit of cloud cover, mid-30s. As we head into this Saturday, we're expecting showers to develop as we head into the afternoon with temperatures flirting with 50. From the UBC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Cecil Del Carmen on New Bedford's New Talk Station 1420 WBSM. I'm Phil Devitt for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station WBSM and get all of our content and breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. And it is time to check in with Eric over at the Butcher Shop and find out about all the great deals they have going on this weekend. Good morning, Eric. How are you? Hey, what's going on, brother? How you doing? I'm doing well. So what's happening over there this morning? Oh, uh, man, we got a lot of stuff going on today, buddy. Like I said, I got nice tomahawks today. I got a nice fresh pig just came in, dude. A wow. nice fresh pig. Anybody want fresh pig? I got it. Just came in. Nice one. Now, when you say that, they, you're saying they can come in and get the whole pig or? Whole pig, half a bill. It's, it's already split in half. It's what people usually want pieces of that. You know what I mean? It's farm mm-hmm. fresh stuff. Wow. Different. Well, I mean, it, it certainly, and of course, Fridays is always a very special day over there. You have all kinds of things that you're working on, both, you know, for people to come in and get ready to, to bring home and prepare at home, but also preparing a lot of foods for people, too. Oh, yeah, dude. I got a lot of stuff. I just got a nice fresh batch of celebrity pork chops in. I got some nice tomahawk steaks. 
I'm looking at right now. I got some nice ribs, beef ribs, uh, short ribs. Nice one, real fresh. And, of course, being Lent season, you probably have a lot of folks that are coming oh, in looking yeah. for fish and lobster and all the other great things that you carry. Yeah, you got that. That is fresh, man. My mother's making nice fillets right now mm. as we speak. Fillets, sardines, mackerels, nice and fresh. So I'll, I'll ask you what I always ask you. What are you having this weekend? Uh, today, Lent, man. I'm going to have that fish. How, how many more weeks are left of Lent? Do you know? I don't know Till what Easter. Easter. Till yeah. Easter. So I think I think you'll probably have a you know a, a great opportunity to get some of that, get those tomahawk steaks, get those pork chops, and hold on to those for Saturday, right? It's, you got it, brother. That's that's the way to do it. All right, and I want to. I want, of course, uh, everything that is over there at the butcher shop is fantastic. Of course, you know what I got today? Yes, oh, I got nice ceviche. You like ceviche? I don't know. I don't know if I've had it. You never had it's with, made with octopus. It's a fresh salad, nice and cold, with nice octopus, man. Really nice. I love octopus. I just don't know if I've ever had a ceviche. I'll have to come by and grab some. Hey, you should, man. Well, I, I got to say, you know, you've got everything that everybody needs there. Beer and wine, everything you need, uh, uh, everything. You can do all your shopping right there at the butcher shop at 123 Dartmouth Street in New Bedford. Eric, I want to thank you for joining us, and I, I know you're probably starting to get ready for the St. Patrick's Day, too, as well. And oh, people yeah, I'll can... have corned beef and cabbage, that's for sure. Everybody knows I have that. Absolutely. So people can start marking it down that that's the place to go, the Butcher Shop, 123 Darby yeah. Street in New Bedford. Give me a call and reserve it now. All right. Thank you, sir. You have a great weekend. You got it, brother. Bye-bye. And uh, again, 123 Dartmouth Street in New Bedford, the butcher shop. It is a real neighborhood market with everything that you need. I love going in there because you can find things that you won't find anywhere else. And they'll have everything else that you do need to have. All right. Well, I'm going to be taking more of your phone calls at 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in. If you want to have your voice heard. We were talking about the housing issue And um, we got a few app chat messages that I want to share talking about whether or not gentrification is coming to New Bedford, which you can read Ben Burke's great article at thepublicsradio.org. And I recommend giving it a read. And he has links to all of the research that he was talking about. So you can actually see the data for yourself as well. And uh, JJ in Fairhaven says degentrification is happening simultaneously while the cost of apartments and homes increasing increases along with the taxes and therein lies the problem. See, it is. That's the, the point is it's not really just one factor that's that's causing all of this. There's not and um, the article from Tony Sap, the quote from Tony Sapienza in the article is that people let me give you the exact quote here i think people want to look for a reason that they can understand and something like the train is more understandable and that's the thing because it is such a multi-factor issue it's hard to just point to one thing and say this this is this is the villain in this story this is what's causing this to happen and so the train becomes that scapegoat uh tf thumbs in new bedford says Looking for properties to build, take all the unused city properties that are not producing taxes and develop them for housing. That includes these small dog parks like Washington Square or the other in the south end that collect trash and produce no revenue. Well, you do have to have some balance of parks and, and public spaces, uh, not only because it's the right thing to do, but it's, you, you, you've got to do it. It's, it's, it's required. So you have to have some of that to be able to make the quality of life what you want it to be in a city. But there are a lot of unused properties 
that have languished for a number of years that the city is now starting to make moves toward getting those developed. So some of these empty schools that have been around forever, some of these um, abandoned buildings that the city is able to take uh, control of, such as the New Bedford Armory, you know, these are going to be buildings and, and properties that will be turned around and turned into housing options down the line. That's my first guess is every time that something goes empty and the city owns it, they're going to be looking to sell it off to a developer to turn it into housing because they know how badly it's needed. And there are other commercial properties that are being turned into housing from the private sector as well. The people have come in and purchased from one private party to another, and those people are looking to turn it into uh, into housing, into residential development. Um, I'm going to take some more calls here, 508-996-0500, but I want to make sure that I let you know as many times as I can before I leave here this morning that uh, Gas Express is saving you some major money today. Gas Express in New Bedford is celebrating Black Friday in March. All you have to do to save money is go down there and get yourself your gas at Gas Express right now, today only, until midnight, two seventy nine a gallon. We're talking 20, 30, 40 cents cheaper than you'll find it at some other places. Two seventy nine a gallon, today only, until midnight at Gas Express. And while you're there, you know it's also the home of crispy, crunchy chicken. And not only is the chicken there fantastic, but you can get a whole meal there. You can get your, your chicken and your sides, and they've got beverages there. And for today and tomorrow, they're giving you a free 16-ounce Coca-Cola product with every chicken meal and two free 16-ounce Coca-Cola products if you get a family meal. So that, combined with the two seventy nine a gallon gas, is all part of the big celebration of Black Friday in March at Gas Express at the corner of Tarkin Hill Road and Belleville Avenue in New Bedford. All right, let's uh, take some phone calls here. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBS. Yeah, good morning, Tim. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Uh, you know, according to uh, the Massachusetts Executive Office of Housing and Livable Communities, uh, the city of New Bedford has right now Affordable housing units, 5,169 affordable housing units. And we're number four in the state for the most housing units. And you're saying the proposal is to build 5,500 more units in the city? Just general housing units. It doesn't have to be affordable housing units, just housing in general. But we have uh, prime uh, commercial uh, old mills that we can bring in companies and jobs because people need jobs. And I don't know if you noticed, Tim, driving around in our city, but these big storage facilities, uh, these old mills are being com com uh, converted to uh, storage facilities, uh, and it's popping up everywhere. And these are uh, prime real estate commercial properties that are being squandered, unless the mayor uh, is uh, thinking that the city is going to go in Chapter 9 and gonna, many people are going to be uh, kicked out of their homes and to put all their stuff in there. Because I find it kind of weird that we have all of these... Uh, storage facilities all over the place, cropping up everywhere. Well, I think part of the reason why you have so, why the storage industry has uh, become so big around here is because people are forced to, they can't get the home that they want to live in. They can't move from, say, you know, Milton or wherever they're coming down from into New Bedford and find a place where they can have all their stuff. So they're moving into small apartments and they're putting their stuff in storage, which is why there's such a need for it. You know why this the, the need, and this is uh, goes to having jobs. If we don't have jobs for our city, uh, for people, our people, residents here to get themselves out of poverty and buy a home and so forth, uh, we're going to have the same problem. 
this this is uh, the Democrat uh, going back to Lyndon Johnson. This is their uh, blueprint. Have all of these affordable housing units, no draws, get you dependent on the government for programs. And it's just uh, a downward spiral. We want jobs. I don't hear from the mayor. I don't hear from the city council. Uh, all we have is this uh, wind turbine uh, uh, project that's uh, we don't have little or no people from our city working uh, over there. And uh, we're just gobbling up all of these uh, commercial properties for storage facilities and affordable housing well, units. They, they put programs in place to try to hire local people for those wind jobs. We had Buddy Andrade in here talking about it. And, you know, the mayor's pushed for somebody to come in and develop that portion of the golf course for the for the um, the advanced manufacturing campus that they want to put over there. You know, these will be good, high paying jobs that local residents can come in and and. You know, even even if they're not fully trained for them yet, they're putting programs in place that will train them to be able to work in those industries. So they yeah, are well, trying. You know they just need somebody to come in here and actually do it. When you know something, Tim, uh, the golf course, uh, he never said who the, these companies that were going to be coming in. I mean, uh, anybody well, can say, well, they don't, they don't have business. anybody yet. That's the problem. Nobody, well, that's nobody's the problem. tried to do it yet. Well, if you look at the mayor and uh, he's, he's 12 years going on to 16 years. Uh, what does he produce here for bringing in uh, jobs for the people here and the residents of New Bedford? All the taxes keep going up. Your water and sewer keep going up. Many people have said it in the city. And uh, small businesses are being clobbered. If you, you, you got to reduce taxes and the water, water and sewer fees to bring in a business. And all we talk about is building affordable housing units. I mean, that's why our city is tanking and nobody wants to talk about it. Thank you for letting me on, Tim. All right. You have a good day. And uh, let's take another call here before we go take a break. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hi, Tim. I was calling in response to the caller prior to the last one, but I agree with what the last caller said. It, it's absolutely the sad fact. When the taxes and, you know, every the cost of living in general is basically skyrocketing and the people that live in any given community are becoming lower and lower income and less you know, homeowners and more renters, you need more services, road, first responders, school system, all the cost of running the city is going up and the incomes are not. And then if you build more housing, you're just exacerbating the problem. So everything he said was accurate going in that direction. And they're like, well, the mayor's proposing this and that people who have money, it's just a simple fact. Nobody's looking to throw their money away. No one's going to invest in a city where all of the city is just housing. You were right. You need parks. You need something that makes your, you know, living decent. But if you just have housing and you're just not getting people investing. So it's just, you can see why people didn't invest in those areas. Massachusetts in general and this area as well, that's the direction we're headed in. Nobody's going to invest. It's a sad, it's a pipe dream, unless we look at things from the opposite um, way. All right, Tim, have a good weekend. All right, you as well. Take care. And uh, I am going to take a break here, um, but just quickly, you know, this is kind of a, a shift in just American suburban and urban life that is going to be a big change going forward and, and New Bedford might just be an example for it. So, you know, part of the reason why the city was so built up over the years was because 
of the industry that was here and the people needing to live near those industries. So, you know, go back to the to the whaling time when whaling was a huge industry and people were building the homes to live close to the waterfront so that they could be part of that industry. And then later on, the mills, the textile industry took over and people were living close to the mills so they could walk to work every day. And so that became part of the reason why areas got built up. Now we live in a time when people don't need to necessarily live near where they work because they can drive. Or if they don't drive, you know, obviously we'll have the train. So there's public transportation for people that want to take a 90 minute ride. But, and again, we, we say that all the time as if, you know, if you live in New Bedford and you get on the train, that means you have to work in Boston either. It just means you can work in Brockton, you can work in Stoughton, you can work in Taunton, you can work in Fall River. This will all be connected by train. So it makes it easier for people to get around, but we don't need to live where we work anymore. So then what is the re- what are the reasons why people want to stay in a place? Well, it's because of that quality of life. It's because of that affordability. And if, you know, part of the problem here is we're talking about how people can't afford to live in New Bedford. Well, if they can't afford to live in New Bedford and if there's nothing here that's, that's, that's helping them to stay here and if they're going to pay all kinds of, maybe they start to leave New Bedford. And then what happens? Then you have a a loss of the sense of community. You know, part of the the, the concern with a lot of communities is when people move in, do they move in to stay? Do they move in to to, to drop roots and to make roots and to to raise a family and to have generations be here and to be part of the community and be invested in the community? Or do you have people that are just coming in and staying here because it's cheaper to live here and they don't really have that sense of, pride in the community and then that leads to problems like not taking care of their property so there's a lot of factors that that play into this 508-996-0500 i'm going to take a break here we'll be back in a few moments double up Take the pressure off your pocketbook or your wallet is by stopping by Gas Express in New Bedford today. As we are turning the calendar into a new month, as we are turning the calendar into March, Gas Express in New Bedford is celebrating Black Friday in March. They're saving you money all day today. Gas is just $2.79 a gallon, but only until midnight. So make sure you stop by and fill up. And, of course, Gas Express is also the home of crispy, crunchy chicken. And today and tomorrow only, you can get a free 16-ounce Coca-Cola product with every chicken meal and two 16-ounce Coca-Cola products with every family meal. 
So head on down to Gas Express in New Bedford today and get your Black Friday deals in March. Free Coca-Cola with your chicken and gas for just $2.79 a gallon. Gas Express is located at the corner of Tarkin Hill Road and Belleville Avenue in New Bedford. If you're going to go there to get the $2.79 a gallon gas, which I'm sure many of you are, make sure you stop in and get yourself some of that chicken. They start serving it up at 11 a.m. It is so good. If you haven't had it yet, you've got to try it. Everybody keeps coming up to me and telling me how good that chicken is. I had people telling me last night at the bowling alley. People have been calling in and talking about it. So not only can you save on your gas, $2.79 a gallon today only, but you can also try some of that delicious chicken too. All right, that's going to do it for me. Stay tuned for Chris McCarthy, South Coast Now, coming your way. I'll be back on Monday, and we'll be turning on the light with Jack Spillane Monday morning. He has a great new article that kind of ties into some of what we're talking about here with some of the vacant buildings around. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.